0: does not affect the outcome, so I think we're good to go now. All right. All right. Hello, and welcome once again to Mouse Madness. I'm your host, Nicholas Heaney, a.k.a. Irish Husky. I'm joined once again by my two familiar compatriots. Please introduce yourselves for those who are new.
1: Hello, America. I am Wesley Hunt, alias
2: Dr. W. And I am Carrick and Namnit alias Raccoon Bro. Sometimes with a VA at the end.
0: He's an aspiring voice actor, people.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Quite good at it, too. Aww. So, if you're not familiar with the format of Mouse Madness, go back and watch the other podcast because I'm not wasting my time here.
2: (laughs) You'll notice I I talk about voice acting a lot in those previous episodes.
0: Now, before we get into this week's matchups, I just want to say that this week in particular was not one of the more interesting outcomes. (laughs) Like, compare this to, say, week three, where we were comparing films like Princess and the Frog, Alice in Wonderland, Pocahontas, Treasure Planet. These are movies that either have this kind of timeless feel to them that everyone's just kind of seen out of necessity, or they're modern enough that they've been able to see them when they were fresh. So that led to a lot of vo- That led to a lot of votes, and it led to some really close votes as well. And I think it really speaks to how the voter turnout ends up every week. I think it really does depend just on the film selection, assuming everyone's voting in good faith. Because week three is probably the best example of this, in that you have all these movies that have been seen by a lot of people. You compare it to the films of this week. I think the most notable one is the first Winnie the Pooh. It's the only one that's really left some kind of lasting impression. And meanwhile, we have two package films, neither of which are Melody Time, so they're not going to be all that great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, It's also worth noting that four of the six films this week were anthologies, package or no, they were just collections of shorts.
0: Exactly. And so I think that speaks a lot to why this week the numbers weren't quite as high as they've been.
2: And then you have that one matchup that everyone's thinking of uh, between two movies that are considered the worst halves of their franchises with two movies.
0: Oh, we'll get to that soon enough. (laughs) So in the meantime... uh, The outcomes for these weren't as numerous, but they still yielded some fairly interesting results. And just as a quick spoiler, um, I do... Before I started this whole thing with uh, the voting, I actually made predictions on how Mouse Madness was going to play out all the way to the Final Four and the Championships.
1: You always gotta fill out a bracket for these things.
0: Indeed. And so far... For the first half of round one, all of my predictions have been correct, including the ones where my vote actually went against my prediction. For example, in week three, I voted for Alice in Wonderland over Princess and the Frog, but I predicted Princess and the Frog would win. The prediction was correct, but the vote was not.
2: I was still kind of surprised by that outcome.
0: Yeah, that was a... I'm surprised Princess and the Frog won by that much. I think it was a two to one ratio.
1: Yeah, is (laughs) Uh,
0: The closest I've been to being wrong so far was Lady and the Tramp versus Treasure Planet. I predicted Treasure Planet, and it won by a margin of a single vote. (laughs) So at the end of each matchup, once I reveal the results, I'll also reveal whether my prediction was correct. (laughs) So, uh, with that being said, let's get into this week's matchups. Our buy this week was the one seed, Pinocchio. Still kind of surprised it got that high of a seed. Its Metacritic score was a 99, which I think was even higher than Beauty and the Beast.
1: Yeah, I think it's the highest meta score, and then Lion King has the highest IMDB score, and Beauty and the Beast has the most balance.
2: Yes. I still don't get it, but and, then again, then, I, don't, I don't live in the 40s.
0: And then you've got Fantasia, which is also a one seed. <laughs> right. Which is kind of like a Beauty and the... I think it's more of a Beauty and the Beast effect than a Pinocchio effect, in that it's more balanced than skewed to one side.
1: Right. And it's funny you mentioned the Pinocchio effect, because in psychology that determines the, how a nose can sometimes swell when you lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really?
0: get up. Um, wow all What's
2: right you? did you steal the cookies from the cookie jar yes papa i did well i mean you know if uh, you told me you didn't i would believe you
0: <laughs> oh family guy
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: where would we be without you
2: <laughs> i have no idea that's a good question all
0: right so uh let's get into the brackets that had actual matchups uh, our first matchup was the eight seed, the Rescuers, versus the nine seed, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, this was the matchup that Carrick was talking about earlier. The worse halves of a uh, series of two, the latter, the former of which we've talked about already. In yeah, the, and again, in the same week, no less. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting watching the sequel. You watched the sequel before the original, and now you get to explore the contrast between them.
0: Yeah, you were right. Uh, the difference between Rescuers Down Under and OG Rescuers was like night and day. Yeah. Well, let's get to talking about these. Uh, we'll start with the Rescuers, just because it was seated higher. Hmm
1: rescue is overall is an all right movie. It's not quite as memorable as the others, but it's got decent characters. It has the funny moments with Orville, the albatross, Mm -hmm. and it's got an interesting idea of these mice acting as sort of a rescue crew for humans. And and I do like how the two leads play off each other. Apparently, they were always going to make more movies because it's based on a series of books. But this movie kind of only did all right at the box office, so they had to wait a little longer.
2: Uh, this film is interesting for me. I think it's okay. It's competent at times. Uh, <laughs> I I certainly think the two leads are charming enough and I appreciate how their romance like just kind of organically happens as opposed to just like being forced at the last minute. That was like a nice change of pace. But other than that, this, uh, this one, I didn't, I didn't really feel a whole lot of anything while watching it. I didn't really laugh that many times or like, I feel, uh, like, joy at, like, the, you know, accomplishments that, like, oh, wow, that was awesome, that, that thing. And uh, I also think the villain, I, think, I think the villain was, like, uh, a lame diet version of Cruella DeVille.
0: It's funny you mention that, because I kind of see the Rescuers as kind of a weaker counterpart to 101 Dalmatians, in that I feel a similar way, in that the first two acts They kind of take a while to get going. Uh, I don't find them particularly interesting until uh, the last third uh, when things are getting kind of, you know, intense. Thing is, with with 101 Dalmatians, the process of getting from the manor back to London, it was a long and arduous process, and you could feel all the weight and, uh, you know, all the tension... And you know, just the overall stress that these dogs are going through without being caught. And uh, I think it's good that they kind of spread it out over that, kind of, over that you know, length of time. I just think it makes it you know, feel all the more satisfying once they actually get to their destination and ditch the bad guys. And uh, the rescuers does something similar, but it doesn't, fe- it doesn't feel like it flows as smoothly or transitions as well. I distinctly remember one part where uh, it's Miss Bianca, right? Yep. I yeah. And she was uh telling the little girl that they weren't going to let her go down into that black pit again. And then, like, five minutes later, she's just going down the black pit like that conversation never happened. Uh,
2: when, when did this – was it the scene where she was, like uh, – where she told her – Minion, like, oh, you gotta know how to talk to children, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah.
2: Oh, although, her version of, you need to charm children, her version of that is, oh, who would ever
1: want to adopt you? <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to hear.
1: Yeah. Also, this one was much more subdued, and a lot of the action was more confined to a similar location. It's not a sprawling epic like Down Under was, Right. It's more of a close quarters type movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if it was going for a more claustrophobic feel, it definitely accomplished that uh, when they were getting uh, the diamond.
1: Yeah,
2: um, I don't want to be. I don't want to be too hard on the on the kid who was playing the little girl. I f- I forgot what the little girl's name is.
1: Penny, right?
2: I think Pen- yeah, Penny. Yeah, I don't want to be too hard on that act little girl who played her because i'm sure she was trying her best but every time she opens her mouth i just it completely took me out of the movie yeah.
0: I, I didn't find her too annoying or too egregious but i actually felt really engaged with uh cody in down under and i didn't right, really cody I didn't... was
1: more cody i felt was more dynamic and had more of a personality yeah. penny just with penny, felt like with penny it was
0: more sympathy by proxy of the situation she was in yeah, But as a character herself, I mean, she's not bad, but I don't know. This is definitely a case where the sequel was uh, stronger.
1: It's kind yeah, of like memorable. memorable. Yeah. It's kind of like
2: the thing that some action movies do where they have the main character and you want to be, you know, invested in him so that the action matters so instead of like giving him an interesting like backstory or personality, they just say he has a family and the family's in danger, and they're automatically like, "Oh, I'm rooting for this guy because I don't want his family to get hurt." That's that's how I feel with Penny. Like yeah. we just we're kind of obligated to feel bad for her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the John Wick movies, but I feel like that's a similar situation, except it's with a dog, so you really do feel that.
1: Well, right. oh, that's an interesting idea for a fake trailer. The Rescuers meets John Wick.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, the main difference is that with John Wick, he actually has an interesting backstory, and he has a lot of... Uh, really human moments when it, especially with the action scenes, where he's not always like in control. And well, it, it, I could, I could uh, go on about John Wick for a while, but uh, I, I see what you mean there. Like they could have just been like, "Oh, his dog died." <laughs> there, there's a bit more to it than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot. To, not a whole lot else to say about the rescuers. I don't think. Yeah, uh, but... I can see. I can see why I only got the one sequel, and I'm glad they put effort into Down Under.
1: Yeah, they were going to do more, but then Eva Gabor died, so... yeah.
0: You know, I, I feel bad for Rescuers Down Under, because that's genuinely a good movie, highly underrated, and yeah. let's face it, it never had a chance against Mulan. <laughs> that's, just, no, that's, just no, a, that's just a bad draw right there.
1: <laughs> right. yeah uh. Oh, well. Yeah, it mirrors the luck this movie had at the box office, too, coming between Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we were saying how Rescuers Down Under was a case where the sequel was better than the original. And uh, with Ralph Breaks the Internet, let me tell you straight up, that is 100% not the case.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... Let me
0: Let me just start off by saying the only reason I didn't grade this film... As an F is because there were several moments that actually got me to laugh out loud.
1: Yeah, I did like the beginning of the movie. I like the exploration of the internet and the idea of them exploring the internet on paper is not that bad. So the first half kind of worked, but then it started to fall apart once the plot kicked in. It was like they had four different ideas for a movie and none of them were fully. Real life. Uh, right, I mean,
0: like, the first half of the movie is them trying to get enough money to get the wheel for Vanellope's game. And then they completely abandoned that for the entire second half and then just kind of shoehorn that in at the end just to kind of remind people hey, this was a thing that we were doing, remember?
1: And then Vanellope goes turbo anyway. <laughs> yeah, th- okay. there's a whole movie why this is not a good idea. So I apparently, that's
2: Vanellope- the whole. Um- Collecting money deal. There was an interview they where they really said they they had an idea for a subplot where they would be doing um, random odd jobs for Bill Hader's character, who was like the ad yeah. pop up guy. Guess, and so one funny. of those like jobs involved the end credit scene in the tra- and also in the trailer where you know they were feeding all the pancakes to that bunny. Like that was supposed to be a part of the story, right? But uh, I guess they didn't have time for that or something, yeah,
1: so they just. I would prefer that movie. I would just prefer them doing all the odd jobs. That,
2: that would have been fun. Ralph and Vanellope are two really great characters. They have a lot of chemistry. It's all if the movie had just been about them exploring the internet and just going ham i would have really been i would have been satisfied
1: with that yeah and again the whole idea and the world they develop with the internet is nice too bad it's just underdeveloped and they shoehorn in the virus for no reason
0: oh god we'll get uh, we'll get to that when we talk about this whole
1: story. Just a hot mess.
0: Here's, here's oh. my problem with Vanellope going turbo because she does try to justify, you know, leaving her game to Ralph by saying she's one of 16 playable characters. Uh, no one would really miss her. The beginning of this movie tells us that that is absolutely not true. She is established as the most fun character to play. She's the face the of the face franchise, the and she has that glitch that just makes her so fun to control. She, her presence would absolutely be missed!
2: Imagine if you were playing Mario Kart, and Mario was not in the game anymore. People would raise eyebrows. Exactly. <laughs> and also, and when Ralph and Felix have that scene in the bar and they, for some reason, the comedy, like, devolves into them just making weird mouth sounds like it's illumination for no reason. But um, in that scene, uh, F- Ralph says that he's going to go on a mission with Penelope, and Felix says, and I quote, Don't worry, Ralph. I'll cover for you. What the hell does that
1: mean? Does that mean he's going to break stuff now?
2: He's going to cover for Ralph? Was it the entire point of the first movie that the game wouldn't work without Ralph there? How can he cover for Ralph? I feel
0: like, like- this. this whole, I feel like every decision that they made from the bar scene on, it feels like it's undermining the first movie. And yeah, like, I, think the, I, think
1: however, I think
0: however you feel about this movie is going to depend largely on what you think of the first one. And I thought the first movie wasn't fantastic, but I thought it was really good. And they established, you know, good character moments and good lessons. And with Ralph's character,
1: oh, good lord, what have they done? They've, compl- they've massacred my boy.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, a bit of an anecdote here, I browse Reddit a lot, and uh, a couple weeks ago I saw something on the front page from Ask Reddit, and it was asking people who have given the quote nice guy a chance, and asking how it turned out. And a lot of the stories that the people told followed a very similar pattern. They gave the nice guy a chance out of a combination of pity or genuine charm, and the nice guys showed their true colors. You know, they were possessive, they were controlling, they were wildly insecure. And I feel like that just describes Ralph's relationship with Vanellope here. They turned right. him into a nice guy.
1: Like who, I always say, which ironically be a nice makes him even more of a
0: bad guy.
1: Yeah, turn <laughs> be a nice people.
2: guy. Don't be a nice guy. They turned him into Titan from Mega Minds. <laughs>
0: I, I haven't seen that movie. I, I need to see that movie. I heard it's great. Good.
2: Yeah, the main villain is a nice guy.
0: Oi. <laughs> At least they had the good sense to make him a villain.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been yeah. such a crazy twist. That would have made me hate this movie even more. <laughs> I
0: think. The, uh, I think the moment where this movie completely lost me was when Ralph went to get that virus that yeah. was the point for me where it's like okay they've completely butchered him i don't care what his excuse is this is now the second time he's messing around with a virus
2: but i mean did just did anybody working on this movie even watch the first one
1: exactly <laughs> I'm
2: genuinely curious what they were thinking i know this is like an angry video game there moment it's like what were they thinking? Exactly. Why were they actually thinking? I want to know.
0: Uh, it, it blows my mind, just the decisions that they made here. Yeah. As, it, it, if this it, were just a standalone movie that wasn't tied to the first one, it would be passable. Not the most yeah. likable, but it would be coherent enough.
2: Yeah. But right. the
0: fact that but the fact that you do have this established world from the first movie, and it directly follows from it, you you just can't make these decisions without... What were they you know, thinking?
2: I think uh, Ralph is, is one of my favorite uh, modern Disney movies, because I really like the characters, uh, the world building is consistent, as well as... An interesting take on what Food Fight was trying to do, <laughs> and I just the animation and the callbacks to video games. I, that's why I love it so much. And yeah, also got it's completely <laughs> shot upon in this movie, oh. and I can't, I cannot, it cannot go unabided. When I watched this movie in theaters, I left thinking that was good, right? It, it had to have been good. I, I liked it, didn't I? Did I? I was like trying. I was in denial, trying to yeah. make myself like the movie. Hey, like I a- even wrote, a review- I even wrote a review on DeviantArt defending the film, and it's now wildly out of date because of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That reminds kind of reminds me of uh, initial reactions to the Phantom Menace.
2: Exactly, people are
0: trying to justify it, and maybe we'll see. A, maybe in a, another decade, we'll see a resurgence of people saying, "Okay, maybe it wasn't that bad." For now, I don't see that really happening. I think uh, right. Before we get to the scores, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, princess scene because I'm a little on two minds of it.
1: Okay. Hey, even in the context of the movie, they're not the princesses. They're representations of
0: them. Right. Hmm. Like, on the one hand, it's that it's that trend of modern Disney going into the meta humor uh, really start. You know, it really kind of started uh, with Frozen. They made jokes about it in Zootopia and Moana. And then they just went all out in Ralph Breaks the Internet, specifically with even, this
1: scene. Sometimes yeah, you the could joke... Even, you could even say the meta humor started all the way back in Enchanted.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Ellen Enchanted, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the actual humor was kind of hit or miss. It's mostly just like them stating these cliches, and Penelope like, "Are you guys okay?"
1: <laughs> no, but you see, the thing was Penelope was kidnapped. I expected her to answer yes to that one. Oh well, uh, I
2: think I I think I said Ella Enchanted when you said Enchanted. That's a completely nice. different movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I did like the one joke where. Vanellope was like i don't even have a mom and then everyone was like neither do we (laughs) that was pretty good i like that
1: wait doesn't merida have a mom though well
2: not everybody but some of most of them did yeah
0: Uh, i kind of i I kind of like the joke that they made at merida's expense like do you understand what she's saying none of us do she's from that other studio
2: yeah, we I think she's from a different studio. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate how they got all the voice actresses back, that, and that was neat. In, including uh, the ones for Cinderella and Aurora. Like that's that's always the nice most attention to detail.
1: Yeah. Now they're the modern voices. The voices for Snow White and Cinderella, original, original, are no longer with us. Mary Costa, Aurora, she's still around, but she's retired. So they had to re- to use the newer voices. Well, yeah, um, I know. It's, it's like it's like
2: saying when you're watching the new Space Jam, oh, dude, it's so cool that they got the voice actor for Bugs Bunny in it. It's like, wait, they got Mel Blank back? No, I'm talking about Eric Bauza. Where have you been? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and you're like, who the heck is Eric Bauza? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah th- this movie, this was a disaster movie. <laughs>
1: I, it could have been good, but they took all the wrong moves.
0: Uh, all I, the wrong want, moves in all the wrong places. I want yeah. to give it an F.
2: That's how much I hate it. But I know that that objectively, it's not an F film. Yeah. But it, it just because I like the first one so much, yeah. like you if said. If it weren't attached,
0: like it. if it weren't attached to the first one, I might be more forgiving of it. But you you just can't ignore it when it borrows so many elements from it. And then just completely craps on the other elements, even then, or even those same elements.
2: Even then, it's still hard to ignore the fact that Ralph is a grown man, and he's, like, obsessing over this child.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other level of creepy that... Oh, wow. God, yeah, Ralph, why? Why did they do this?
2: This is a can of worms we don't need to get into.
0: All right, All right let, let's just get into the scores before I... Before I lose my mind.
2: Please put me out of my misery. All right.
0: Okay. Let's do this. The Rescuers, seven votes. Ralph Breaks the Internet, four votes.
1: Sweet
2: release.
0: Yes. And Um, uh, I have to admit, this is the first time that my prediction was wrong. Oh, really? I I did expect Ralph Breaks the Internet to win because I do know it does have its share of defenders.
1: Yeah, and, uh, people noticed.
0: don't really talk about the Rescuers all that much. I figured it was going to be a close one with Ralph getting the edge out, but I guess our viewer base has uh, better taste than we realized.
2: Well, yeah, we, they did their research, so kudos to them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right.
2: For me, I... I voted for uh, The Rescuers even before I watched it, because I knew I would would like it more than Ralph Breaks the Internet. (laughs) I
0: went went into Ralph Breaks the Internet uh, expecting to not like it for a lot of the reasons that I didn't like it. So I can't say it was shockingly bad. It was more like I knew what I was getting myself into, and I don't really have a right to complain in that regard. It doesn't mean I can't criticize it.
2: Right. The internet is just the emoji movie. There, I said it.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's not much better. Yeah, I I, I I was actually I was
0: actually planning on you know watching the emoji movie just to see how they compare, but uh, real life. stuff But then you, got thought, in the
2: way. But then you thought, no, <laughs>
1: yeah. no. Why would I ever do that? <laughs> watching both yeah, back to back, what man yeah, could do I, that?
0: Like I thought about watching it, and then I said. Why? Huh, you have a good point, Brain.
2: Who <laughs> wouldn't want to watch a movie starring T.J. Miller, one of the most garbage human beings in Hollywood? <laughs> right.
1: You see, I knew the movie would get, the emoji movie, rather, right? would get a lot of backlash, so I just decided I wouldn't bother because there would be nothing I would add to it.
0: Yeah, right.
2: all um, the people hate watching it made it, the movie successful.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Congra- congratulations. You've played yourself. Alright, failure. All right. Let's move on to the next bracket, which contains two more tolerable movies. We've got our five seed, the three caballeros, the three gay caballeros, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh That's versus... different
1: nineteen forty seven, but yeah. the way they act in this movie.
0: <laughs> and versus the twelve seed, Fantasia two thousand. So these movies are actually fa- are fairly similar. They're both anthologies. They don't really try to tell a uh, cohesive narrative, except once in a while with a few segments.
2: The only problem, though, when it comes to Three Caballeros, for me at least, is that the whole time, I've,
0: I'm just thinking...
2: What am I watching?
1: (laughs) This like (laughs) put me
2: on drugs. Yeah, it
0: it, kind of took me a while to get a grip on what exactly I was supposed to be feeling about this.
2: At least with Fantasia, you know what you're getting into. It's supposed to be a bunch of you know art representing uh, various symphonic music, and they present it in that manner.
0: Right, and at at the very least, with uh, this with this film's prequel, Saludos Amigos. I at least get the idea that they that they were putting in the effort to you know teach its audience a little bit about you know Latin American culture in some aspect, and,
1: and they want a little
0: see. bit of that here, but it's done in a much more robust and just loud way. That, that's how we describe the second half of this movie. It's loud.
2: I think one of the best ways to compare Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros and how different they are from each other is the way they introduce their respective birds. Like, you know, when hang on, I, I gotta... Uh, I gotta make sure I, I get their names right. Yeah. Uh, okay. In Saludos Amigos, they introduce Jose uh, Carioca. And they have... Um, Oh, a very, they have an interesting conversation where, like, it starts with him in Spanish, like, or speaking, is it Spanish Portuguese. that he's speaking? Yeah,
0: Portuguese. Speaking Portuguese yeah, in Brazil. From Brazil.
2: yeah, he's speaking Portuguese, and then he's like, well, as you Americans say, what's cooking? And then, like, they hit it, then Donald and Jose hit it off, and Jose's like, oh, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you around the town, and, uh, like, it's a, it's a neat little friendship, and, like, Oh, that was nice, uh, Donald made a friend. And I'm sure we might see more of Jose later in future movies. In Three Caballeros, the way they introduce Panchito Pistoles is he just comes the right out of nowhere. He just, like, out of thin air, he's just there. And he's like, yo, what's up, friends? Uh, I'm it's so good to see you guys. Now we're the Three Caballeros. And then they go immediately into a song, it's like. Dude, you can't just insert yourself into friend groups. That's really rude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Learn your boundaries, Panchito.
2: I will say this,
1: Donald's (laughs) (laughs) Donald's camaraderie with the three caballeros is among the best he has because... With Mickey and Goofy, he's kind of a unit. He's a butt monkey there. Okay. With his nephews, he gets kind of shafted because his nephews talk the spotlight. But with the caballeros, Donald is just himself. He has fun. He's partying. Yeah. So I will say one good thing about this is it introduced three of Disney's more iconic characters. They've had more appearances. They even have their own show now. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't the they all? Appear,
0: don't they all appear in uh, the DuckTales reboot? Yes, and yes, I will say.
2: I will say after watching these movies, um, and I went back to those episodes like see, you know how they sounded, and I'm I'm just realizing now, man, they sound not nearly as like interesting or as enthusiastic and animated in the reboot as they do in the like movies. Like they sound. They, they just got just two normal celebrity Mexican celebrities and called it a day. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't really put any character into them. Oh, Yeah,
1: right. So
2: I found that That's, interesting. And,
1: and also in the new Ducktales, they changed the lyric to "Were three caballeros." Yes, three caballeros. Oh
0: come, <laughs> come on! Come on! It's the new tens. Get with the times, Disney.
1: New twenties now, even <laughs> no balls.
0: Uh, like, come on, so many so many of these cartoon networks are, you know, pushing for a more progressive agenda. You have no excuse, DuckTales.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh,
2: and it's funny, because in The Legend of the Three Caballeros, they have completely different voice actors from in the reboot. And, like, Jose is voiced by uh, Eric Bauza. Yeah. Uh, that's a callback, and uh Panchita's voice by Jamie Camille, and they sound a lot better there, so i don't I don't know what's up with that
0: yeah i don't know i i I didn't feel like I got a whole lot out of this movie. it's uh got a kind of sensory overload in the latter half, and the first and the first half just wasn't all that engaging
2: I kind of like the Penguin bit because it was narrated by Sterling Holloway, and he's yeah, like, he's yeah. like mm-hmm.
0: yeah, Ster- Sterling Holloway, I hear his voice. He has he has uh, notable voices in three of the movies this week. I thought that was pretty
1: yeah. cool. Yeah.
2: I actually I actually did not know that Sterling Holloway was in this movie beforehand. So when I heard his voice, I was like, "That's Sterling Holloway! I love Sterling Holloway! What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can listen good.
0: I can listen to his voice all day. Uh yeah, it's great. And thank uh, and thank I. Think, uh, I technically kind of did with the way i watch these movies That's fair. <laughs>
2: uh, so, okay. and i feel like this movie definitely would not do well today with uh the, the latter half you know it's just nothing but constant catcalling and the ducks just oh, like
1: yeah. <laughs> you know psychedelic imagery it's like being on drugs <laughs>
2: And the, the live-action cartoon segments do not feel organic at all. It just nah. feels really strange. Nah.
0: I'll, I'll say this. Between this, Saludos Amigos, and uh, Melody Time, Disney really, really likes Samba music, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, they went down to, I think, Brazil for their peace mission. Yeah. That's
0: That would
1: explain that. Yeah, unlike the other package films, which were made on a budget shortfall, this and Saludos Amigos were made more as a gift to South America. So they weren't made because of cutting corners. They were made out of genuine respect for the right. culture. Right.
2: I totally get that, okay. but uh, there, I don't understand why their love letter to South America is so. Trippy, <laughs> like there's one, yeah. image, there's one image uh, that you guys might remember. I uh, posted in the Discord. Uh, maybe you can uh, post it somewhere in the video. But uh, this is a pretty good summary of what the movie's like. It's the three caballeros and w- some sort of weird dress, and they got human girl legs.
1: Three <laughs> gay caballeros indeed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Uh, this movie. This freaking movie.
2: Even though, but hey, even though Panchito Pistolas had a, a strange and very sudden introduction, especially when compared to Jose, I really love his song. Like, oh my god, the the main theme song is so good.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just so yeah. good.
0: I don't remember too much of it, but I remember liking it fine.
2: And like the ending bit where he's like holding that one final note and Donald and Jose are doing a bunch of like cri- wacky cartoon gags uh, in front of him while he's still singing. Yeah. It's a bit, very, very uh, wonderful animation.
1: Okay.
2: So that's all I had to say about the film.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Does, laughs> don't there's a musical, yeah. lot more to add. It's only a little bit over an hour, so I don't know if it really counts as a movie. <laughs> it's still, uh,
0: still almost twice as long as Saludos Amigos. Yeah,
2: <laughs> this is fair.
0: Okay, uh, Fantasia Two Thousand.
2: I watched this one about two hours ago. Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that would, I that yeah. would explain why your vote came in so late.
2: Exactly. and I don't get the hate for this one. I I actually really liked it.
0: I don't don't know if this movie really gets hate. I think it's just when compared to the original Fantasia, you know, people obviously have that bias towards Disney's original masterpiece. And there there are obvious differences here that can influence that decision.
1: Right, and they also explain that Disney did want to reboot Fantasia every so often with newer technology.
2: Right. That makes me kind of hope that they do when... uh, in the near future again cuz i think uh, that would be it
1: a- one fantasia
0: movie every 60 years. <laughs>
2: yes. Oh man, Can you imagine if they released Fantasia <laughs> oh. oh. 2020. Right. Dude. Yeah. Well, oh, there was
1: plans for a Fantasia 2006, but they got scrapped when Eisner left and they went under new management. Oh yeah.
2: Also this movie didn't do too well at the box office.
0: Yeah.
1: To be fair, the
2: original didn't either
0: yeah that's true
2: which would explain why it took 60 years to make another one
0: (laughs) yeah they had to go through uh two renaissance periods before they
1: could do it again yeah Yeah, it's still listed by guinness records as the longest time between sequels
2: (laughs) really oh i thought i thought bambi had that
1: record
0: now actually uh when did bambi 2 come out
1: I'll look that up. Let's see. Because the
0: original Bambi, I think, was 1942. 1942. And wasn't Bambi in 2 in real-
1: 2006? Was it? I feel like uh, it was around been, that
0: time. I've but, seen
1: it. But yeah, even though it's straight to video, I think it would count. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Minus 1942 is 64. So yeah, Bambi 2 took longer. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, Fantasia 2000 is also kind of a tech demo. It's showing off the advancements within both 2D and 3D styles. You get blending of artwork in 2000 with the Pines of Rome. You get some more stylistic stuff in Rhapsody in Blue. And like I said before, I tested out my new sound system by playing Firebird. Oh, Uh, The
0: first time I saw... the first time I watched the Firebird segment, uh, it was in my sixth grade music class. Uh, that heavy note once the Firebird wakes up—it scared the crap out of me because it's so. I it, it,
2: it scared me too.
0: <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm pretty sure my heartbeat doubled.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a scare chord. Stravinsky was a big fan of those.
0: Yeah, uh, Haydn as well with his Surprise Symphony.
1: Yeah,
0: there yeah. is.
2: There's one, there is one thing that bothers me about this movie. They they just reused The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm. Like They needed to fill time. It's so like, uh, screw it, we'll just get The Sorcerer's yeah. Apprentice. I, I
0: mean, it's not, I, a bad, not a bad segment, obviously. Like it, it's a really <laughs> good segment. It's iconic,
2: but why, they reused it. <laughs> yeah. but we already saw it.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't believe they got Penn and Teller to introduce that. <laughs> I like Penn oh, and dude. Teller a lot, but they're at their best when they're that. not
1: restrained. Right, the celebrity cameos kind of are a little glaring, yeah. but if, but they're to be fair, they're pretty short, and a lot of them do get to the point.
0: Yeah, uh, I Steve
1: like uh, in particular. Yeah,
0: I like how Pines of Rome was introduced by uh, Itzhak Perlman. I because right. I'm I'm a violin player myself, and I love his work.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and uh, I, I like how. Uh, uh, wait oh no yeah mickey mouse and donald duck like they introduced their segment
1: right. and
2: so watching this and the three caballeros back to back is like oh man like this looks so much better like cartoons in the real world Although i really
1: wasn't a big fan of pomp and circumstance i'd say between the both movies that segment is probably my least favorite yeah. oh really now i kind of is juxtaposing the wrong imagery for the piece, yeah and kind of a little bit cartoonish and over the top and out of place for a fantasia bit yeah. i know the original had the dance of the hours but that still at least went with the music yeah and even too.
0: even a uh, was it carnival of the animals the season yeah. with the flamingo and the yo-yo yeah, phenomenal. like that was definitely that was definitely uh, sillier, but it fit the tone of the piece. Yeah, and again, it,
1: it synced with the music. Yeah. Do people hate that short? Um,
0: I think they I think people just think it's kind of out of place in a Fantasia movie. But to be fair, it is only a couple of minutes long. I think it's the uh, shortest really- one.
1: I really
2: yeah. liked it. it, yeah. was,
0: it was I like. Cool. I liked it too. I thought it was. Char- I thought it was whimsical. It
2: was animated it was by whimsical. Eric Goldberg. You can't go wrong with Eric Goldberg.
0: Right. Now, now I'll say this. Uh, I mentioned this uh, on Twitter already, but uh, the Rhapsody in Blue segment is my favorite among all of Fantasia. Yeah,
1: top notch. Really? It fits the tone. It does the art in a new way. It manages to blend. The styles and feel both contemporary and classic with its arrangements i like how they use this arrangement too yeah
2: that was a really cool that was a really cool one i liked the art style very
1: much yeah this piece is in the public domain now as of this year it wasn't when it came out so this wow. was the only time they had to ask the estate holder to use it
2: wow yeah. Like out of all the ones, it felt the most like a coherent, relatable story. Right. You know, yeah, I right. can't relate to flying whales.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, nice, it's real a it's a nice real spectacle, fun. and you know, the st- you know, it's a decent story too. And the ending so shot fun. where they're going above the clouds is incredible.
2: I was impressed by how well that CGI yeah. uh, aged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, I was not expecting that.
0: Yeah, but with Rhapsody in Blue, I. I appreciate how it's telling like four simultaneous stories that are all kind of loosely connected and it doesn't feel too cluttered. See Ralph breaks the internet. This is how you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And with no lines of dialogue either. Oh, oh,
2: you brought up Ralph breaks the internet. i I forgot to complain about how they completely, they completely shafted, uh, Felix and, uh, uh wait, I for- and what's her, that's his wife's name. Mm, forgot
0: jane lynch the jane lynch character <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you got you guys keep talking
1: okay <laughs> yeah but um but yeah no not a line of dialogue they just kept it all in and there's even a george gershwin cameo oh yeah. It. oh yeah oh huh. yeah yeah
0: this is a it, it's a fantastic segment this this got me the most emotional and I th- I think it's the combination of the way that they tell the story and just the fact that I love the piece so much. Yep. like I've actually wanted to teach myself how to play this uh, on the piano, but right. it is really co- it is really complicated. Remember
1: a lot of remember it is considered a concerto because it has a basis on piano. The version yes. here, it for the orchestra is rearranged by Gert Gross. I think it is. But, yeah, Gershwin wrote it as a piano piece.
2: If you, use your, if you use a piano and use it really well, that's all it takes to really get me invested. It's part of why the Cat Concerto is my favorite Tom and Jerry short. I just love piano playing. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but um, they did that. The first time it was actually in a movie was King of Jazz all the way back in 1931. hmm it was Bing Crosby and in his film debut, playing that in sort, of, and it was sort of like a live-action Fantasia of its time. It was different segments set to music, and Rhapsody of Blue was one of them. Uh, but
2: uh, I guess there's, I don't have a whole lot else to say. Uh, what'd you, what you guys think of the? The, stead- the steadfast Tin Soldier one.
1: I like uh, that one. Did anyone notice how the Jack in the Box looks like Lord Farquaad? <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't. So, and by
2: virtue, Markiplier.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. They changed the ending so that the Tin Soldier and the Ballerina live. Uh, classic
0: um, Disney. T- t- take a Hans Christian Andersen story, remove the sad cool. ending.
2: Waggity shaggy, do <laughs> pretty much. I, I I do like um, kind of. I liked how the toys were they were presented with a different animation style when compared to like the rest of the world, like the humans picking them up or the animals. Like that was an interesting idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, but with the soldier sailing down the drain, I learned in second grade that tin floats.
0: Oh,
2: really?
1: Really? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, good for the tin soldier.
0: Uh, And isn't it just a crazy coincidence that uh, the fish that ate him is the same one that the original owner buys?
2: (laughs) Oh, wacky, (laughs) wacky answer.
0: Uh, steadfast and soldier eh, nice. fine. it's animated fine story is incredibly convoluted but it's whatever
2: yeah. I don't know why the other tin soldiers didn't try and save that ballerina for being sexually assaulted but oh <laughs> uh, no
0: those ba- those bastards <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, uh, want to get to the voting now?
2: Yes, I'm... I actually know the answer to this one already. You were the
0: swing vote! <laughs> alright. The Three Caballeros 4, Fantasia 2006.
2: Oh, wait, what? I, when I voted, it was it said 5.
0: Yeah, you have to refresh it for you to see. Uh, okay. That's alright. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I went back and rechecked. But oh, really? it did, didn't change the outcome, so I'm, I think we can all agree that Fantasia 2000 was the superior one.
1: Yeah, this is an, and on paper, this is another big upset. Yeah, 12,
0: another 12 seed, Treasure Planet being the other one. Yeah, yeah. to
2: be fair, with the three Caballeros they don't have Penn and teller or angela lansbury
0: yeah. or Jim and yeah. Blue. yeah and uh, they weren't fun and fancy free i'll give them that <laughs> that was yeah. the, that was the other 12c that got unanimously shafted
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but um also this means zero of the wartime films have advanced yeah well let's, let's
0: not get ahead of ourselves we've still got one more to go
1: All right, yeah, let's not, but so far... Another one.
0: (laughs) All right, our final matchup. The four seed, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The 13 seed, make mine music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Winnie the Pooh. I'm not even going
0: to pretend to be... I'm not even going to attempt to be an objective judge for Winnie the Pooh, because there's absolutely Mm -hmm. no point. (laughs) I
2: find it interesting how all three (laughs) of us have nostalgic connections to Winnie the Pooh.
1: Yeah, it's just too charming. Too you know, nice. Again, this started out as a series of shorts, but together as a movie with the added footage and the epilogue. Ooh, the epilogue.
0: Oh, that gets me every time. I was a sobbing right. mess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um on but as shorts on their own, they're good too. Blustery right. Day, the middle segment, that won the Oscar for best animated short in sixty eight. Really? Yeah, Walt won posthumously yeah. for that one. Ah. It was his last Oscar, yeah. Wasn't
0: Wasn't that the uh, introduction of Tigger?
1: Yeah, and it also gave us a pink elephants throwback.
0: Oh, heffalumps and woozles.
1: I mean, see, the pink elephants were fun. They're a little creepy, but at least there wasn't any malice with them. The heffalumps and woozles, <laughs> they wanted to steal Pooh's honey. <sighs> Oh. Dude, oh. from a <laughs> story standpoint, it might not make much sense. From a Pooh lore standpoint, it's pretty integral because Heffalumps and Peoples do appear in the Pooh stories. <laughs> One of them, even actually, Lumpy the Heffalump, Lump even becomes a major character later. Yeah,
0: yeah he, he even becomes an opponent in We the Pooh's home run derby.
1: <laughs> oh no, sorry not that. <laughs> I cannot believe that's derby. a thing. <laughs> And also of uh, Lumpy's and Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah.
2: I find it funny, though, that um, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, casting for this movie, and I find it funny how because of the fact that this is three movies in one, like, linked together, uh, Christopher Robin has three different voice actors. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because, you know, you his vo- your a uh, little kid's voice is gonna change oh. between films.
1: And these were made like about eight years apart. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Winnie Pooh and the Honey Tree came out in sixty six, Blood Through Day came out in sixty eight, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger Two came out in nineteen seventy four. Ah. And this movie came out in nineteen seventy seven.
0: Same as The Rescuers.
2: Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I wonder
1: which I wonder which movie we like more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean Winnie the Pooh, this this movie in particular, it is just so ingrained in my childhood. It's one of only two movies I can think of where without it I'd be a completely different person. The other being the original Toy Story.
1: Which there's, act-
0: there's actually an ad for this in the ninety uh, 90- in the 1995
1: uh, VHS release. Yes, yeah, we- I rented one time.
2: For me, there are also two films that, if they did not exist, I would be a completely different person. Winnie the Pooh, obviously, yeah, and the other is Shrek. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shrek. Shrek. I'm, I'm, with I'm with Nick. Movie. I feel like also I'm drawn to Toy Story because it came out the year I was born, and supposedly, as a five-month-old infant, I was taken to see it, which goes against all my ethics of movie going. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hmm. But yeah, I'm... but yeah, but that's a different story. But Pooh, yes, is totally there. I watched I watched the original film and I watched the three shorts apart, and uh... it manages to still be good together. Pooh just embodies the idea of innocence and playfulness. Yeah, and just... yeah.
0: I even I even of... had the uh, interactive storybook for uh, Windows ninety five.
1: Oh, <laughs> I had the audio cassettes. Those were. But yes, Poo is just so wholesome and so ingrained in the psyche, <laughs> yeah. and all the characters just come together yeah. and they, they,
2: at the say. same time. Even though it's wholesome, it does it doesn't feel like too much wholesomeness. Like right, there's, exactly there's still a, there's still a level of wit to the dialogue and mm-hmm. like to the animation, yeah. where like, even as an adult, yeah. you can still appreciate it.
1: Yeah, there were little uh, jokes I got in this that like flew Pig- over my head when like, I was younger.
0: Like, Piglet's Picklet's grandfather's name was apparently Trespasser's Will? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the beginning of the movie, Willie, Willie the Pooh lived in the Hundred Acre Woods <laughs> under the name of Sanders.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: Sanders?
0: Yeah. Specific- yeah. Specifically, a sign with the golden letters spelling out Sanders under which Pooh lived.
1: Yeah, and, and the narrator is a character that yeah yeah they're, they're he actually he inf- he influences the ending of winnie the pooh and tigger 2 they use it up for the win <laughs> literally
2: and, <laughs> and then like the 2011 movie they go even further with that by like having the letters be like physical manifestations and like when they're making the ladder to get out of the hole, or like even in this movie, where they're saving Tigger from the tree. I was right. just sliding <laughs> up the up. Metahumor, back. before humor became oversaturated.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, Right. just the right amount. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, and I think one character in it this helped. that I feel is underappreciated is Gopher.
1: Gopher, right? <laughs> <Aww. laughs> the not in the book. <laughs> uh, I just, I just a, like the way uh, that
0: he talks with the uh, With the whistle.
1: I'm working the (laughs) swingy. It's swing. (laughs) Yeah. Also, by the way, Pooh is Disney's most lucrative brand, even over the fairies and princesses. Really? Only behind Hello. He's only behind Pokemon and Hello Kitty as the (laughs) highest grossing franchise in the world. And Pooh as a whole is worth seventy-six billion dollars, roughly analogous. Dad. Just the PVP of Oman. Wow! How,
2: how is he that? I, I mean, I love Wayne the pool Like, really? He's <laughs> <that>? Merchandising, merchandising.
1: <laughs> wow. Merch- <yeah. laughs>
2: I guess I I really do underestimate the powers of merchandising. It's why Cars has two sequels.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> it's why Pokemon's number one, not because yeah. of the game, because the merch. Right.
2: Like, no, no one, even nobody, even likes the games anymore. I mean, that's
0: why, I mean, that's why. That's why it's ahead of Mario, despite being. I think it's more successful as a game, franchi- game franchise, but that's really all it has going for it. Yeah,
1: but yeah, Pooh is just so marketable. <laughs> yeah. You just see his face and. It sells. Yeah, You'll- 10% that the Milner estate signed with Disney, that went a long way. That's still $7 billion. Yeah. I just, I remember the one
2: meme where, like, somebody bought a Pokemon game and, like, they were disappointed with it and somebody came up to him and said, "And eh, don't worry about it, even fans of the series don't like the games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Yeah. But with Winnie the Pooh, he, Movies and everything I, is uh, what keeps me coming back.
1: Yeah, yeah, Pooh. Exactly. Yeah, Pooh the mo- people still know about the Pooh movies, even with the merge.
2: Yes, and all the memorable characters. You got, you got Eeyore, Tigger, Rabbit. Everyone, everyone's here. It feels. I, I see a lot of inspiration, like like from shows that I watch now, like especially with things like SpongeBob. Where, you know, Rabbit is annoyed with Tigger and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a Squidward and Spongebob dynamic. Also, Kira, you see Ruby Gloom? I have not. I've heard that it's really good.
1: I I I consider Ruby Gloom to be sort of like the modern Winnie the Pooh. Because it's sort of like a cast of people who are wholesome and really good friends. And they have similar personalities to all the Pooh characters.
2: I'll check it out then. In that case, that's yeah, a, you can. he's I like, very solid. Well,
0: I like I like how you're bringing up the SpongeBob comparison because I'm just thinking of you know Tom Kenny voicing oh, yeah. SpongeBob and <laughs> so exactly the later that. reincarnation of Rabbit. Yeah. That, that's uh, a
2: that's ironic.
0: We're making all sorts of connections here. <laughs>
2: full circle today.
0: Yeah, and, uh, this is one. This is there this is one meme with Winnie the Pooh that was circulating last year. It was like, yeah, it was fam- <laughs> like, fam- like the a picture of him sitting in uh, Owl's chair, just or was yeah. it Rabbit's chair? And Rabbit's then chair. The picture below, <laughs> he's in this tuxedo <laughs> and
1: monocle. <laughs> I remember there was one where the top was Winnie the Pooh, the bottom <laughs> Vincent the Feces. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh but this I have a favorite version of that meme. I know what you're talking about. Um first I'm going to post it. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Copy a, image. That, that wasn't what I wanted. Oh. Uh they, but, okay, I'll I'll just say it then. Where like uh the first image is just Winnie looking normal and it's Activision saying Saying pay for advantage, then the next one is him in a tux and it's EA saying pay to win. And then the (laughs) final one is him in a tux with a mustache, monocle, and top hat. It's Bethesda and says pay to lose.
1: (laughs) Wow. But yeah, with rewatching for this podcast, I was able to point out the exact frame that became the meme.
0: and and now I'm like, now I'm thinking of uh, when Family Guy did the Winnie the Pooh cutaway. Like, why Eeyore is always in such a bad mood? Oh, yeah, I <laughs> uh, know what you're talking like,
1: about. Why are you always in such a bad mood, Eeyore? Because
0: I have a nail in my anus.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. I found the actual one. <laughs> uh,
0: nice. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, man, this would be funny even without the captions. <laughs> Just so to talks. I love that. It. It's like,
2: yeah, we get, we get it. We totally get
0: it. Yeah, that yeah. bottom that bottom picture reminds me of uh, when Meg was telling her family that they yeah. always <laughs> act like she's be- they're better than her. Them oh, themselves. Meg!
1: That is the least fancy thing I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny how some of like the most hated episodes of shows like end up spawning the most infamous memes like that one uh meme where spongebob looks like a chicken oh, it's yeah. from one of the most episodes of the show where Squidward uh, Squ- reads his diary oh <laughs> uh, yeah
0: yep. mm-hmm. uh, i like how i like how nature pants has like three like three what? images <laughs> in rapid succession that all became memes
1: <laughs> it's good one of the <laughs> season
2: one episodes <laughs> And one of the memes don't even look like an actual meme, where it's just like Spongebob, like, he looks a little tired.
0: (laughs) Or (laughs) or like, like the I'm a head out meme is actually when he's sitting down. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) It's the I'm a head out meme, but then there's a version where... There's a second panel, and he looks really sad, and he's like, "Oh wait, I can't oh, yeah. because of the coronavirus." Oh, yeah.
0: oh, it's like it's like the Cadigarus running joke where he can't leave because the world was taken over by bricks.
2: Uh, I think we got a little off topic there.
1: But are we? But are we good with poo?
2: Yes. I think the point is the point is that we like Pooh yes. and I'm yeah. sure we'll have plenty of other things to talk about with this movie uh when as the brackets go along. Yes. Yeah, I can't go wrong with Pooh Bear.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've got this one making it to the third round.
2: I'm good for Pooh Bear.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh make mine music. What is Did you remember talk- the
1: missing segment? Sorry? Did you remember the missing segment? I
0: did. Thank you for that, by the way.
1: Yeah, this is a movie Disney buries almost as much as Song of the South.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a. I mean, this is this is what I'm talking about with you know lower the low vote votership, like this got a low amount of votes just because people aren't seeing Make Mine Music because it's not on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, it was also. The Last of the Walt Move, it never got a theatrical re-release after its first run, and it was the last of the Walt era movies to be out on VHS. <laughs> uh, oh.
0: I mean, I can kind I can kind of see why like the ja- like the uh like the uh, jazz cat scene toward the beginning. Like, yeah, there's partially- a, there's a lot of uh, questionable moments there like there's one like there's one part where this dude isn't dancing with this girl and then the animator erases her ass to make it smaller and then he's
1: oh, yeah. like ah. Uh, i think uh, again most of it comes from martins and the Coyes, which got cut from yeah there. I think that's, that's the scene where they just all freaking die yeah uh, i
2: didn't see that one i when i watched this movie i never i didn't get to see that so i don't know what actually happens in that short well
1: um while it was while it's off of every existing cut of this movie it did air on disney channel a few times and one of the people who saw it there taped it and uploaded to youtube
0: good for that guy so yeah martin
1: mccoy's for the sake of completeness is on youtube if you want to see the whole movie
0: and i think it has another goofy scream in it
1: yes it does oh i forgot to mention
2: the rescuers has two goofy screams. Oh yeah, yeah. I, to- I totally cut. Co- I was trying to find the goofy screams because, like, I, uh, I wonder. I know they sometimes put it in like a Wilhelm.
0: Yeah, uh, they need to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a few. There were a few. uh there were a few segments in Make Mine Music that I liked.
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm sure we mentioned it before, like Casey at the Bat, Peter and yeah. the Wolf, the whale we I wanted like, to sing it the that
0: Yeah, Casey and the Bat, I appreciate just because I'm a big baseball guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. And I just like the the rhyming they do with it. And there's also a sequel to this segment where Casey has daughters who form a team. Really? Oh, Casey bats again. Yep.
2: Interesting. Hmm. I actually haven't seen that. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: You yeah, I did see it. It's pretty funny, but but I did like how this one was able to adapt the poem. Yeah, Just, yeah, and like, it also has
2: everything it. while still being catchy. As major Looney Tunes vibes, which yeah. I really yeah. Did.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the first the first segment in the full release version, like after uh, the McCoys one.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Blue, Blue Bayou. Bayou.
0: That Blue one. Bayou. That one was uh, really boring. When I see like, when I see music set to a bayou setting, I'm thinking either Cajun music or Creedence Clearwater Revival.
1: It, oh, you know, it it was set to Claire de Lune for Fantasia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I'll see if I can find the Clair de Lune version. It
0: might, uh, might have been more fitting with the uh, nighttime atmosphere.
2: Well, they yeah. said that they have some... Uh, They mentioned Fantasia 2000, that one of the types of segments that they'll do is um, music for the sake of music and just, like, have random imagery. I think those are the least interesting ones because it's just kind of, um, it's like they say, it's just for the sake of it. And there's not a whole lot to get invested in. I think that kind of uh, is what Blue Bayou and Without You are kind of. Right, Because the one, the ones that we mentioned that are our favorites, like tell you know clear stories,
1: right? That's part of why I think Melody Time is the superior film. Because even the ones, because there were a few abstractions, but even the ones that were more just music driven still had a cohesive story, and at At least least Melody Time had an MC. I only just see Melody time. Time. I
2: haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Although, to be fair, I'm getting a little sick of these package movies. Yeah. Because I've seen, I've seen so many in succession because I've never seen any of them. And, like, so I'm watching them in preparation for this uh, podcast. And I've seen so many. I'm like, dear God, I just want to watch something with a cohesive plot. Yeah. And then Ralph I I breaks the internet and I'm like, no!
1: <laughs> not that. <laughs> 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 I'm cohesive. <laughs> be generous. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah, of the package films, uh, I think Melody Time is the best one. Uh, it only yeah. got two votes when it went up against Rickett, Ralph, and uh, Wesley and I were the only ones to give it those votes. Yep. Aww. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll watch it anyway because you guys are saying how good it is. But yeah, after man. that, I'm, do- I'm done with package. The Apple
1: segment alone is worth watching.
2: I, I don't know if I can handle any more of it anymore. Like, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I didn't grow up during World War Two times, so I don't get, I don't understand the appeal.
0: Yeah. Well, right. this week, this week was uh, mostly anthology movies. Next week, it's going to be all single narratives. So, right. hooray for a return to normalcy. Right. All but right. Uh,
1: but also uh, the Peter and the Wolf segment. The wolf used to scare the bejibis out of me. Yeah. Mm.
2: Uh, dude, when the duck. I thought when the duck died, I was like, holy shit, things just got real. But then the duck came back and I was like, that's a cop out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean he was was
0: I mean he was just hiding in that tree.
2: (laughs) Like I was I was not expecting the cop out. Like if this if that short had released like a few years ago in Modern Disney, I would have expected the cop out the cop-out surprised me because this was from the 40s when disney was a lot more abrasive towards children like
1: yes no white pinocchio came back but they were effectively dead there was no fake out they had to be believed.
2: and don't even get me started on that freaking donkey transformation scene oh my god Yeah. And even in th- even in this movie, where they they straight up
1: kill the whale, they kill the whale. He just wanted to sing, oh my man. God.
0: <laughs> oh, and that, that whole thing—he ne- he was never singing at the opera. It was all what could have been. And then, yeah. and then that Ahab-style conductor, yeah. or that music professor,
1: Teti, the opera director. Oh uh, you you son of a bitch. What's <laughs> funny is they let that in, but they cut out the Martins and the Coys who kill each other basically off screen. Mm. Mm.
2: Uh, I guess, like they try yeah. to play it off like as a happy ending because like he gets to sing in heaven. It's like don't you dare try to <laughs> sing this. And th- and that's but how, you,
1: how this end- That's you. how the whole thing ends. No, it ends with a dying whale. You know what you did. Own it. <laughs> and also props for Nelson Eddy for singing every voice in this movie. Oh yeah, dude! Like,
2: uh, dude, that's even though the ending is a bit abrasive, it's still probably the best, sh- by far, the best short in this film.
1: Yeah, just That'd to agree. have one guy sing in all three range, in every range, and be able to sound distinctive—that's
0: that's talent.
1: Yeah. I, I I love
2: Sterling Holloway to death he's he will forever be one of my favorite just like voices ever in general and so when he was talking to Peter the Wolf that made me love the segment but when he talks you know it's Sterling Holloway yeah. it's like there's no there's no avoiding it yeah, it's, but it's like Patrick with,
0: Warburton today
2: <laughs> exactly it's like I love the guy but it, it's Patrick Warburton I love Wallace Shawn I love that man it's Wallace Shawn though you know it's him <laughs> yeah. but with this one, it's just pure raw range, and I love it I really love it, mm-hmm. yeah
0: so, Yeah, I think uh right. go I think if I were to rank uh all of the package films I'd put melody time at the top yeah. um I think I might follow that with um. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not really too sure. I might follow that with Ichabod and Mr. Toad.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, then, uh, Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. Actually, no. I'd put i put Make Mine Music in third place, and then I'd probably put Saludos Amigos, then Three Caballeros, and then Fun and Fancy Free at the bottom.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna watch Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah, you can
0: you can skip that one.
2: I hear it like it. One of the main plot points is the the bears love beating the shit out of each other to show affection.
0: Yep. Timeless messages, Disney.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, they're bears. Well, again, Carrick, The good thing about this is we've already weeded out most of the package film. Yeah, I think yeah, every,
0: they... I think every single package film, uh, lost and lost hard. Yeah. Actually, no, what Three I'll... Caballeros was close. I think. does the
2: fantasy two thousand. Count as a package film?
0: And it's an anthology film, but I mean, would Not you count the original Fantasia time, as a package yeah. film?
2: Hey, yeah, that's a good question.
1: I, cause I, I don't know. Yeah, and the package films are generally considered to be the wartime era. Yeah, I mean, with Fan- and-
0: like with Fantasia, they're all connected with a similar theme: uh, animation set to music. With these package well, films, it's like you get what you're given, with uh, maybe a little something uh, connecting them together, with the exception of Fun and Fancy Free, which is completely disconnected from each other.
2: You could argue that these films are also connected in the same way because they are technically animation being set to music but when that's kind of a vague connection cuz literally everything animated has music in it yeah. and especially things from the 40s and 30s right and, and fantasia it, it's about it's all about the presentation
1: right and again both animation and music are are mediums based on timing and and beats and rhythm. So, Mm -hmm. so the blending of the two is pretty natural. That's why they have so many animated musicals.
2: That's why Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry were so successful.
1: Things like that. Yep. Yep. And also, Make My Music does not actually feature the seven dwarves who did make actual mining music.
0: Missed opportunities oh. everywhere. Make Good job.
1: Mine music. Oh. Yeah, I, made,
0: I made this joke to uh, Mike because uh, early on he sent me a link to the movie because it's not on Disney+. And he told yeah. me that this was like a worse version of Fantasia.
1: Can
2: we all just agree that Make My Music is a really stupid title that makes no sense grammatically. <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: it's an alliteration.
2: It's clever. Therefore, it's yeah, a good. Unless,
0: idea. Like, unless it's the German mine. Make mine <laughs> music. Make
1: mine musik. <laughs> and considering what this movie came out, probably not a good idea for that. Probably Ooh, not. The top, top, top.
2: Ooh, the the <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Want to get to the voting now? Sure. Yeah. All right.
2: Uh, I'm actually curious about this one. All right.
0: Okay, here we go. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, eight. Make Mine Music, one. Who's the oh. one? I don't know. <laughs> I was expecting that to be unanimous. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, really. uh I did notice uh, at one point earlier today, all of the vote, all of the brackets got an additional vote, and uh, this was where the one for Make Mine Music came, and that same person also voted for Three Caballeros over Fantasia two thousand.
2: Oh, okay. Interesting. How do you know it's the same person?
0: Uh, just because they happened around the same time.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Maybe they just did it uh, because they wanted to be an individual.
1: Yeah, maybe they maybe out of was, for the wartime
0: yeah. era. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they knew it wasn't going to affect uh, the overall outcome, so they thought, "Why the hell not?"
1: Hey, like, my grandfather fought in the war. Yep. Okay, okay, so for that's of the pre war Disney, we had four advance right now, although all four have gotten by, so take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. We had zero wartime era advance. For the Silver Age, we had Cinderella and 101 Dalmatians advance so far. Dark Age gives us rescuers, Fox and the Hound, and Winnie the Pooh. And the Renaissance currently has three, but again, two of them had yeah. the buy,
0: And the other one is the Little Mermaid.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, wait. Four. Mm-hmm. I
1: forgot the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Same but one or two. And, and the for way. the Millennium Age, we had Emperor's New Groove, Fantasia 2000, and Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. And for the modern Revival era, we had Princess. five.
0: Uh, let's see. Princess and the Frog, Big Hero 6, Moana, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen?
1: Yep.
2: Wait, what did you call the era before the modern era? Post-millennium. Ah, oh, okay. Um, I was just gonna say, dude, saying Winnie the Pooh and Dark Age in the same sentence just doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's all, rel- yeah, it's it's all relative. I, consider Pooh, I do consider Pooh to be the best from that era, though. Mm. Well, uh...
2: Considering his uh, competition is stuff like uh, Sword in the Stone and The Black Cauldron, It's okay. not too... Uh, yeah.
0: Not too yeah, Which, there's, there's in, a... fact,
2: in fact, The Black Cauldron is Danny Sexbang's favorite Disney movie. Hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway.
0: All right, so there we go, that... That does it for week five, and we now have the first half of Class C's round two matchups. We've got Pinocchio versus the Rescuers, and we've got Fantasia 2000 versus Winnie the Pooh. All right. All right, so uh, let's do a quick preview for week six, and this is going to be unique in that it is the first week in round one that has no buys.
1: So and only one two.
0: Say, so instead of six movies, we'll be talking about eight.
2: Joy of joys.
0: And uh, thankfully, this time around, it looks like our selection is going to be a lot more... uh, A lot less esoteric, let's say. Okay. So here's what we've got. Our first matchup is the six seed Tangled against the 11 seed Robin Hood. Ooh. And uh, you know how you were saying earlier, Carrick, how Shrek was one of the movies that defined your childhood? Was Robin yeah. Hood that for you? Uh, no, but for the past week, I've had the Robin Hood segment stuck in my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's where the hamster dance came from.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, dude, Shrek shaped so much of my sense of humor and personality. Uh,
1: allow me to and- introduce myself. Oh, many men! <laughs>
0: I love it's the, funny uh,
1: how that's not in Shrek the musical, even though that is an actual musical number. Uh,
0: I love that scene and the one that follows where sh- where they're removing the sh- arrow from Shrek's
1: butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blue flower, red thorns, blue flower, red thorns, this would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, okay. All right, next matchup. The three seed Zootopia against the 14 seed Atlantis The Lost Empire. I feel like Atlantis is kind of another Treasure Planet situation where it's getting a heavy reevaluation well after the fact.
1: But it's up against Zootopia. That's the highest seeded Disney film from our lifetimes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Atlantis, uh, that's a
2: movie I'm definitely going to need to watch in preparation for this. Yes. I hear it. I hear it does have Cree Summer in it, so Ooh. that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, it yeah, does! There we
2: go. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Which is, and actually as one of the main characters,
0: so... Ooh, double excited. And isn't Marty McFly the voice of the main character? Yeah,
2: yeah he's in it.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: That's not the only thing I know about the movie, though.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Um, next, we've got The Seven Seed... We have the Great Mouse detective going up against the ten seed, the
1: Aristocats. (laughs) (laughs) The Aristocats. Oh that's gonna be one for the talking point. Anyone who knows I take on Aristocats.
2: You need to get Whoopi Goldberg in on the podcast to be like what you're about to see is a product of its time.
0: I know know very little about this movie, but I do know about that scene.
2: This movie sucks.
0: (laughs) Hmm. All right. And finally, we have the two-seed Aladdin, the highest-seeded movie to not get a buy, against the 15-seed Chicken Little. I wonder how those votes are going to turn out.
1: I What's be, wrong? Chicken Little is not even the lowest seed.
0: Yeah, I'm
2: gonna be very um, disappointed if somebody, like even as a joke, just gives Chicken Little a vote. Like, no, you you like, know what you do. Pro-
0: like, I'm I'm probably gonna be, like, I'm probably going to be. Uh... A little more lenient with Chicken Little because my associations with it right now are not the strongest and that's less to, to do with the movie and more with how I heard about it.
1: Now, uh, Chicken with- Little you can see is is not just hated for its quality, but also for what it represents.
2: I know that there are some people who probably like Chicken Little, but you're you're nobody nobody likes Chicken Little more than Aladdin. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well we'll see. It- Hey, yeah, but next fact, week, I really uh, Emma... Chicken Little just represents like the nadir of the Disney company. Guys, hmm. do you mind if I invite some of my friends into the server?
0: Not at all. The more um, I think... the, more the yeah. merrier, so long as the yeah. server can handle it.
2: Yeah, I'll just I'll just ask around and see. Uh, I'll, I'll be like, we're talking about Disney movies every week. Who likes Disney movies? And everyone will raise their hand. <laughs> okay, but who likes <laughs> Who likes Disney movies and has something intellectual to say about them? And then, like, more than half of the people put their hands down. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All
1: right.
0: All right. Um, All right. So, that's a good plan for next week. So, um, until then, once again, I'm Irish Husky. I'm I'm Raccoon
2: Raccoon. Bro.
1: And I'm Wesley Hunt, Dr. W.
0: And I will see you all next time. Take care. Bye.